This is an Area Code podcast. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic. The following entries were recorded the week of April 12th. My name is Mimi and I am in Eastern Tennessee in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm a professor and my husband is two and we have four children. My oldest is eight and my youngest is 21 months old. Um, I did it! You did do it, William. It's almost impossible right now to do anything without my children interrupting me. We get outside and walk around. We've seen some beautiful blooming plants this week. It did get a little cold last night, so I'm worried that a lot of the flowers are gonna fall off the trees. But we've really enjoyed seeing all of the pear trees and dogwood trees blooming in our neighborhood. And we do take a walk um, at least once a day to go around and see things. My name is Danielle. I'm in Portland, Oregon. So outside in Portland today, it is actually really nice. And we have a backyard and a front yard and we can go on walks. But I'm a little confused if we're supposed to wear like homemade face masks or not, even when we're just walking around the neighborhood. And my kids really don't like the masks. It kind of makes my older child anxious. So yeah, I don't know if we'll, how much walking we'll do this week. I was thinking about this past week and all the food I cooked or my husband cooked and I made these special cinnamon rolls that I make probably once or twice a year, usually around the holidays. And they are so delicious. They're like the perfect cinnamon roll or how I like them. They're really light. They're really fluffy. They're not overbaked, and then they have uh, cream cheese frosting, and I always put like a little extra on because that's the best. And so we did that for Saturday morning just to, you know, make it feel like a weekend because it's hard to differentiate right now. That was really fun and just reminds me that food is a way we can really pour into our own bodies and into the people we're quarantining with and... I'm going to keep that going. This week was my birthday this past week, and my husband made me fried rice from scratch with real pineapple in it. And we had a bunch of groceries that we had brought back when we came back from being in Florida for two weeks, because that's where we were when the um, shelter-in-place order came. And so we had a real pineapple, which was awesome. And he also made me a cake from scratch, which we had to kind of figure out how to get flour because there wasn't any at the grocery store. And so I posted on like our neighborhood Facebook group and someone brought flour to our house so we could bake a cake, which was really nice. That was really the best meal. Um, We put jalapenos in the fried rice, which was a really great idea. Um, And I almost for a minute forgot everything that was going on here. Um, It was my birthday and it was really special though. Um, I really, really miss walking my kids to school. I think that's the thing I miss the most. I loved being able to walk them to school and walk their friends to school. There's a little girl who lives across the street that we 
have waved to her from across the street, um, but we haven't gotten to really see her or talk to her and check in on her. Um, I just remember the last day before all of this kind of changed and I was walking my kids and three other little girls to school. And I just thought to myself, this is what heaven is like, you know, people being really happy to be together. And it's really weird because that was before all of this kind of changed and social distancing became our new normal. But this week I, I made little cards for all those kids and dropped them off at their houses to um, during one of my walks. So, you know, I'm trying to find ways to connect with that stuff. So there's so much I can grieve about this time, like the weekly rituals that really grounded me in my neighborhood and in my life. So the English classes I taught every Monday, you know, walking my kids back and forth to school every day, going to the library once or twice a week. You know, I really miss these rituals that I would look forward to church. And then, you know, I have my kids that are grieving too. And, and I think this reality hits them differently. My nine-year-old, you know, is just now starting to realize uh, she's not going to go back and finish up fourth grade. And so she's really wondering, like, do I go to fourth grade again next year? Um, what if one of my friends moves away? I didn't get to say goodbye. And um, we don't really have, like, a lot of contact information for her friends. Like, we have a few, but Mostly we just relied on like knowing where people lived, you know, around the corner or whatever. And we we can't really do that right now. So I helped my nine-year-old create an email account this week. And it's been really cute watching my nine-year-old get her first email address and uh, email people, including me, a lot. And it's very sweet. And, you know, just trying to find ways to help her connect with people. And so helping my kids grieve is important and it's just so hard because I want to fix it but I can't so just sitting with them in the sadness you know my son's birthday is, is also coming up in a month and he wanted to go to the beach uh with our entire extended family and, and stay at a beach house and that's probably not going to happen and so just trying to prepare him for that it's just it's really hard I had the honor of having to take my son to the emergency room yesterday because he got hit in the head with an umbrella and needed stitches. Um, so we really didn't want to have to go to the emergency room, but we did go. Um, it was a really interesting experience because the nurses actually were kind of thanking me that it was a routine kind of ER visit. They've had some pretty hard stuff, um, even here in Eastern Tennessee recently. When I went to the hospital, they asked me all sorts of questions about where I had been and what I had done. And, you know, I was pretty prepared with my answers, uh, but it was a slightly overwhelming. Um, and I was a little bit scared taking my son there. So that was interesting. I think I almost had an anxiety attack when this happened because I wasn't quite sure if I was prepared to go to a hospital with him, um, given what we're living in right now. Like the once or twice maybe a week, I have to run an errand. I will like find an old CD. I found this CD case full of CDs from when I was in college. This is probably like 15 years old. I've really been enjoying listening to the music I listened to when I was in college. And I was very emo. Um, 
so it's fun. It's, it's this music that's very emotional and I can just sort of slip back into that mindset. And I, I found it sort of like a great release uh, just to be younger and sad about the world before, you know, things actually got really sad. Piece of music that I associate with this time, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Oddly, Wheels on the Bus, because that's what my son loves and wants to listen to all the time. In fact, he's listening to it right now. Um, his name is William, so I think he thinks that Wheels on the Bus is about him. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of a reminder that, like, every day just kind of starts and ends and starts over, and it's very similar each day. Um, but I think the other thing about the, the song, even though it's so simple... Is this idea that there are different people who have different responses to what's going on on the bus, right? Um, um, I did it! You did it, yeah. You're watching the wheels on the bus? No. No, no, you're not. I'm not. You're not? Oh, you have to wait, okay. Don't touch the button. Anyway, so the wheels on the bus to me is, you know, it's about my son, um, but it's also about, um, it's also about thinking about people who would take public transportation and wouldn't have the luxury of getting to work right now unless there was a way to get to work. So uh, another thing I've been thinking a lot about is the people taking public transportation in New York still the nurses and doctors I mean and then actually going to the emergency room and, and seeing some nurses and doctors this week I'm just really seeing those people as people that are um, on my heart a lot on Facebook one of my friends shared an article from the New York Times and I saw the headline and I thought there's no way this can be real and I clicked it and it was about these contingency plans to bury bodies in a park in New York City because, you know, the hospital morgues have been overwhelmed as well as, you know, all the morgues in the city. And there is one sentence in there about how normally in New York City, you know, maybe 20 people a day like die in their homes. And, and currently the number is like 200 to 250 people a day are dying in their homes. And, and I think it's sentences like that that just jump out and just lodge in my brain. And I, you know, I'm in Oregon at the very opposite end of the country. It's almost like we're in two different continents. And Oregon, our curve really has gone down and, and they're saying our hospitals are not going to be overwhelmed. We're not going to run out of ventilators. And actually, our governor set 150 ventilators to New York City. And so it's really hard to feel both connected to this tragedy because New York City is a city I love and I've been to, but also being so far from it. Like, I don't personally know anybody who has um, died from COVID-19. And just to read the New York Times saying this is happening, this is this is plague-like levels and feeling that mix of helplessness and also wanting wanting to just sit in the reality of it. You know, another article that kind of stood out to me is the one on the mass graves in Brooklyn and how 
there's all these bodies that have been unclaimed. Um, they normally have a lot of unclaimed bodies that they bury there. Um, but Mommy, even more so, I people people Mommy, are not people it. are not able to claim those bodies right now. I did so, it. Mommy, you did it. You did it. Yeah, you did it. You hurt your head too. We had to go to the emergency room. Um. So yeah, the news story that's sitting out to me really um, was that one that I saw. Um, I think I think that's really important um, to think about. So um, yeah, reading that article. Um, one second. Um, so here's the article from CNN News. It says Im images show mass burials at New York Public Cemetery as. Mommy, I did it, Mommy. I did it. Normally, about 25 bodies a week are inherited by the island because most of the people, families, can't afford a funeral or who can go um, or go to unclaimed relatives. But in recent days, burial operations have increased from one day a week to five days a week with 24 burials each day, um, according to the Department of Corrections spokesman, Jason Curson. Aerial images taken Thursday by the Associated Press captured workers digging graves on the island, a one-mile limited access strip off of Bronx that's um, finding rest, a resting place for more than a million mostly indigenous New York workers. Um, so it's really, that's a really hard thing to think about is that somebody would die alone or not have a family member to be able to claim them because of this, uh, challenges around it. Anyway, I know this was probably really challenging to listen to because of my son being here, but he's so clingy because he's so sad. Um. There's already so much bad news in the world. I don't know what my role is in sharing that bad news, in sitting with that bad news. Yeah, so I, I've i been thinking about that and I, I guess I pray for New York City, but maybe that's not the right way to say it. I just have to reach deep into the faith that I have, which, you know, maybe when I was younger was everything will work out for the good and now I just think the God I believe in is a God of love who is present with those suffering in New York and those suffering here in Oregon which even though we're suffering to a lesser degree you know we're still alone and we're still trying to understand how to move forward in this in this new life in this new reality so all Alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee. It's produced by Richard Clark, Sarah Cameron, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join us, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com. To stay updated about this project, please visit us on social media. 
We're at All Alone Pod on Instagram and Twitter. This is an area code podcast.